man. We are live. Are we really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shit. Hold on. Here we go. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Oh, there we go. We're dropping the puck. We're sticking to the ground. Keep We're going. Kicking it off. <laughs> Hitting it for the fences. We've done all those things. Yeah, now we're Lacing them up. Now where are we at? And we're sticking it in the ground. Sticking in the ground. There sticking you go. it that's in the ground. Bad. Putting there it in go. the water, sticking it in the ground. Golf. Uh, the, golf. golf. That's, no, that's the, what you do. Yeah, you're going to go stick it in the ground, meaning, which is what we're going to get to today, that's what we're talking finally. About today. Yeah, today's exciting. Sticking, yeah. sticking it in the ground finally makes sense because up until this point, they really didn't stick anything in the yeah, ground. No, there was no tea to stick in the ground until t- until Walter Hagen, until Walter Hagen made the golf like he didn't invent the golf tee but he we're gonna see right. right now the circumstances that led to the birth Be- of the golf tee. before we stick anything anywhere i just gotta say i'm jamie flanagan charles avison and this is detroit city of champions the podcast uh talking about 1935 uh and all the things that led up to it the amazing uh 33 championships the trilogy of books the screenplay shirts merchandise merch I don't have my. I just. Uh, this, I got you a had wrinkly, yours on last show. I got yeah, mine on this show. This is a, no, but this is. I love this shirt, man. That's great. So wearingfunny.com. Uh, you can get a hold of the the merch, and uh, of course, DetroitCityOfChampions.com. Uh, getting a hold of. Uh, there's other merch there. There's other shirts and and uh, the books there as well. We just want to say thank you for uh, taking time. I just uh, I go and I load the shows right, and they they go and they they sit at this place. Uh, we use Buzzsprout to, to host our shows, and uh, you go in, you can see all the analytics of you know how many people are listening to the episodes and where they're listening from and what devices they're listening on. It's really interesting. It's a, it's a rabbit hole. You can yeah. fall down, and, and and but it's just interesting to see. And then I, and then I think about it's like wow, that's not that many. You know, oh, I go, but if there were that many people in a room, you'd be like. Oh, this place is packed. Yeah. You know, it's like, but people have podcasts that tens of thousands of listeners. And it's, you know, we don't have that kind of listenership right now. Um, but, you know, but still, it's like you get 100 people. You're like, well, if 100 people were sitting here with us. Yeah. That'd be a crap ton of people. Oh, it's a ton of people. It's until you're like, yeah, until your auditorium. So I want to say thank you to each and every one of you 100 people sitting there. Yeah. Joining us every week. And I want to, and, and to thank you to the people listening to us in the future, too. Because, yeah, there's, and, because that's and, one of the things that's cool is that once we have them archived on, like, YouTube and all this, mm-hmm. they kind of float through the ether, and they just, you know, like, eventually just somebody picks it up. You know, yeah. somebody might be looking up a story about, like, why, how did the golf tee get invented, and they're listening to us now. This might be the first show they've ever heard. You know, we're talking about a whole range of, you know, this, this is like a... Center point, which they go, yeah. Hey, I want to hear about some other stuff too. So, so, you know. but the, but thank you to, uh, to everybody who uh, takes the time and, and and joins us for uh, any and all of the episodes. So, thank you. Like, but it would really help us if you left a comment. It's all the analytics. Yeah, every comment, every uh, like, it, just, everything uh, really helps. Subscribing to it and then making a comment is ginormous. Oh, it's huge. So, yeah. if you could just do that. Uh, tell a friend that'd be fabulous, but uh, just really just making a making a like and or, or subscribing and then uh, leaving a comment is, is 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 fabulous to podcasters. It's it's the crack we live on. It is, <laughs> it is, man. Hey, man, you got one more of those likes. Yeah, you got one of the likes. Like I can get. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I said, yeah, we were uh, wandering through the story of of 1935 and uh, currently tenth part of. Uh, 
Walter Hagen. Walter Hagen. And by the by this point, if you've been following his Hag, I mean Hagen. I mean Hagen is the, is is amazing. Like mm-hmm. Hagen, and I love the slow. That's you know like the fact that we've been able to unpack this story. Slowly but surely, but every yeah. single episode we've done, this is the tenth episode on just Walter Hagen. In the first nine, every single show has got something like I like to think something incredible about this guy. It, it, yeah, the innovations, the, uh, the the changing, just changing the face the whole of the sport, face of, cre- exactly creating the sport, creating the sport. That's yeah, exactly it, right. The entire world. The, that's when you do, when you when you like do like a brief summary read of Walter Hagen. It does. There's you don't get anything for compared to what, how big he was. There's yes. like there's a whole list of all the championships he won. There's a whole bunch. Oh, he's credited with doing this and you know helping popularize golf and make it like a financial windfall. But that doesn't really go far enough yeah. until you hear the story and you kind of dive into who like who he was and you know and, and what he did and like what the world of golf was like in his day yeah. to see how far it came from where he started. And the game of golf had been around. You know, I mean, sure, all the way back to like Mary Queen of Scots, but I'm talking about and actually like you know as a you know where there's the British Open and there's tournaments and there's galleries you know, the, the and gal- there's people. Like, and, but I'm just saying, even uh, before Hagen came along, yeah. it was already a, an established game, especially in Britain. They'd already been playing it for at least 50 years. You know, as like a, a fairly standardized sport. But it wasn't to the but it magnitude. Wasn't, but not what it is. But it was after like, he left, yeah, it was like an intramural. Like a big intramural team, sure. league. But I'm saying, but there, but but the, but his involvement in the game, he represents this era which trans that which shapes this thing, transforms, transforms like, yeah, it like into that. yeah, transforms. I, I would it. say it's transformative. Absolutely, for sure. there's you know, and when he leaves the game, it's going to be like you could call it like the modern world of golf after mm. he leaves. I mean, much of the stuff, and you know, as we're going to get into today. Um, you know, he, he's just even like the creation, the, the, the uh, evolution of like the golf tee. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I mean, I that's like it. such a standardized thing and golf, you don't even think about that. Like, right. well, well, yeah, the golf tee's always been there. That's not the case at all. And it's kind of neat because, uh, well, I mean, your books, the, the trilogy of books, Detroit City of Champions, and you, uh, reference a lot of primary sources and, and, and early, early sources and early news clippings. And, uh, Walter himself wrote a book. We've been referencing, yep, a lot. Basically everything, all the questions. Yes. Why not t- go right to the Hague himself? And it, it's coming from his words, which is yeah. which has been fun. Which has been yeah, it's inc- it's awesome in because he's my humble opinion. Yeah, I think so too. And and that's the other thing so, is like yeah, when you read all these like cool. you know we start out the entire series you know the first series talking about you know throwing some of the kind of colorful quotes about him. And they're like, oh, he was a kind of, you know, he was a playboy. There's nobody that could, ha- you know, have like so many awful shots in the same game and still right. win a tournament and all these yeah. different things. But it's like when you actually, when you actually hear those stories about why they said that, that's when you get that. Um, that's when you understand, you know, you at least begin to understand, you know, you know who he was and the sort of impact he had on like all around him. Yeah. So that's our, um, that's our, where we're at, you know. It's so it's 1922. We're 22. swinging. We're swinging our way home yeah. from a, a dismal performance. No, in the British. He Open. won that. Brit- the, no, he in, won the uh, 22. 22. He won. Yeah, the 20. That's what we, the show we did last week. The 22. Right. Remember, because he no, he had two British Opens. He lost, and then in 22. Remember, he was trying to. Uh, so uh, he. He worked on his game okay, and got. Okay. Remember, he went to Jesse Livermore and yeah, got yeah. the uh, when he was going for his third shot I at the he Open. Just won the, I just thought well, he won the French. 
No, that was uh, the, that was the previous. He finished. He did so that the was dismal. Fair di- play. Di- yeah, dismal di- dismal appearance in his first British Open. Fifty third out of fifty four golfers. I got to listen to this podcast more often. Yeah, you got to part- You got to re- <laughs> <laughs> you got to be, be present while we're doing the show. To I don't remember help. what the hell we were doing. <laughs> present. It's all good. All right. We, all right. we cover a lot of stuff. So, but yeah, all right. So, so twenty two. He, he did. So win he the wins. The, yeah. So right. you know. We, so you know. Before the twenty two British Open, of course, he was short on incredibly short on fine yeah, money. And I'm going to read a quote that, here that talks uh, about that. It's like, yeah, and so he, Hagen talked, I have a quote today that's, you know, the, one of the later quotes we're going to read. That he talks about how he's, he, this is a regular theme in his life. He is a playboy, man. He likes to spend money and he's terrible. <laughs> he's not good at like working on like a long-term plan for this. You know, he, he makes a bunch of money. He just blows the money, and then he's. But he's like, like such me. a famous star, and he's like, oh, he's just like, well, I got to go play another three golf tournaments or something, you know. And I got to. <laughs> so he's got. He kind of sometimes he's he's short on cash, and he's got to go do something to make a bunch of money. Mm. So that so prior to the twenty two British Open, which is his third attempt, he went to Jesse Livermore, who is just as if anybody has didn't hear us get to that segment last week. Jesse Livermore is a stock market trader, and as much as people want to talk about Michael Burry. Um, is you know in some in uh, you know some of these great stock traders of all time, Jesse Livermore mm-hmm. shorted the 1929 stock market crash, mm. shorted it and made a hundred million dollars mm. shorting. The, <laughs> the, 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 and like there's people wanting to murder him because they thought he was the one that caused the crash, yeah, the big one. He was bit. called the Great Bear because mm. he because he shorted that stock market crash. A little bit, yeah, no, a little bit. Think, yeah, I don't think he's an innocent man. No, so Hagen went to him, who was like a friend of his, and it was like, and Jesse Livermore just tells him, "Do what I do, you know, buy when I buy and sell when I sell, and at the end of every day, do not have a share of stock left with you." So he just like sat in Jesse Livermore's office, and the guy made him a ton of money. Right. He goes out to the 20, 1922 British Open, wins it because he gets to like not have to worry about money out there. Yeah, gives his three hundred. Hundred and fifty dollar British Open winning check to his caddy, three hundred and fifty bucks so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for right. the win in the British Open. He gave it to his caddy, and so he goes. So yeah, so he so he wins the nineteen twenty. He wins his first British Open. Now he's basically won everything. He's I mean, there's nothing. He's won. He's the champion of all these surveys. I mean, right. by this point, his credentials are so huge, I can't even really read them. You have to just go and look at the list, you know, because yeah. it just be. Bo- I mean, it's almost like you'd almost like com- lo- comical. Yeah, but you'd almost like get bored if I just sit here and go, oh, won this championship, won three times Western Open. He just he won so he's won so many at this point. Crushing he's just a, he's a legend already in his own time. So when he gets back from so he's so upon his arrival back in New York, that's how we finished the episode last week. Was that when he gets back, he arrives in New York, and he'd called ahead to let people know he's coming, and he gets this ticker tape parade, right? <clears throat> and so they're saying this is like he said, as far as I know, this was the first ticker tape parade for a sports, for a sports athlete ever. Yeah. Upon arrival back in New York, and so he gets this huge ticker tape parade because he's the first native born born American to win mm-hmm. the British Open. Mm-hmm. So he's like a you know he's a massive star. So he and so and so when he gets back, um, uh, there's a guy, there's a famous golfer named Gene Sarazen, and his name is going to be mentioned here and there, uh, you know, as we progress with the show. Uh, this is his first appearance so far. But Gene Sarazen um, wins the uh, PGA Championship in America. And so Walter Hagen comes back, and so he it's kind of funny because he's like, well, I'm the European champion, and you're the American champion, so why don't we have an international championship to decide who's – you know who's the guy? You know, like he, like like Hagen's the British champion. He's the you know he's the U.S. champion. So they have this this informal championship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, you know it's it's unofficial. It's a, but they call it the international championship match between Hagen 
and Gene Sarazen. And this is this is why I want to talk about this first little. It's a it's we you know we've we've talked about just a little bit of a color story in this in that uh, there's a great little color story with Gene Sarazen from this from this exhibition um, championship. Like I say, it's the inter, quote unquote international championship between the British champion, which is Hagen, who's American, and yeah. the in. And uh, Sarah's and who's the PGA champion in the in the states. So, um, so so it starts off saying so the 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 uh, the match was played at uh, was played at Oakmont, and so Oakmont is near uh, near Pittsburgh on October sixth, nineteen twenty two, and so um, so Hagen starts over the Oakmont course. I was leading by two uh, up to the uh, I was I was leading by two. Up at the end of the 36 holes that night after the trip. So I'll digress. So there was basically two days. Each day was 36 holes. Mm -hmm. All right. So after the first 36 holes, they moved to another course called Westchester uh, Biltmore. Um, And so anyway, so the first, so that's where he says over the over the Oakmont course, I was leading by two up at the end of the 36 holes. So they'd finished their first day. That night, after the trip up from Pittsburgh, some of my fellow pros sat in my room looking over ties I had brought back from England. One of the fellows picked up a particularly loud number in a red, blue, and yellow combination and said, What do you expect to do with this? How about sending it over to Gene with a cute little note from some girl? We wrote. So they, so they, they're, so they, so he has this tie that he bought that he doesn't even, it's this ridiculous tie. Yeah. And so they're like, What are you going to do with this? They're making fun of Walter Hagen for it. They're saying, you know, where did you get this tie? This tie is terrible, right? And he's like, well, why don't we get Gene to wear it? Just meaning Gene Sarazen for this next day's championship. So they, so they, see, so that's why they say, how about sending it over to Gene with a cute little note from some girl? So this is the note, uh, dear Gene, you are my ideal golfer and a clever little fellow. I am sending you this beautiful tie and hope you will wear it when you play Walter Hagen. If you do, you will win. That's not the note that Hagen and his buddies, they're probably drinking, you know, having wait, wait, fun. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you got to send this to Sarah. Spritz some lipstick. Spritz yeah, exactly. some perfume on it. Exactly. No, no, no. So, they, so they sent him this tie to this ridiculous, horrible oh tie God. to wear. And it's this, this girl going, hey, Gene, you're my favorite. Can you wear this tie? You will win. So he says, so Hagen continues. When I walked out on the tee the next morning at the Westchester Biltmore, there stood Gene in a bright new golfing outfit, sporting that red, blue, and yellow tie and grinning from ear to ear. Oh, my God. I'm all ready, he announced. Let's get going. Okay, I said, but answer one question. Where'd you get that funny tie? Never mind that, he said in his cocky fashion. You think you've got all the dames on your side, but you haven't. This is my mascot. Just oh wait and God. see. We got underway. Gene starting off the second 36 holes, two down. But it wasn't long before he picked up two holes and we were even. He continued to gain and went, and went one ahead and then another. And, th- and that was the way we finished. Sarah's in two up. After the match, Gene was still wearing the tie, but was laughing ab- about it for he'd learned of the joke. Well, Walter, so you gave me a tie. He said, "Here it is. I don't need it anymore. You can have it back for luck." That was that was one time a joke boomeranged on me. Mm-hmm. The darn thing actually did bring him luck. Uh, so so like, he kind of knew gun. about it, and figured it out, and still wore the tie. And you yeah. know, it's just it's just kind of a funny little exchange between them. That's great. Two legends of their era. So yeah. Anyways, um, Kagan continues actually to talk about the, during the last sort of day of that tournament. Um, Gene Sarazen had appendicitis, Ooh. and he was all—he was like actually pretty cramped up with pain. Like the immediately, like had to have like emergency appendix. He's like, he's like Sarazen beat me, and like was immediately hospitalized thereafter. So yeah. he's like, 
So he's like, so he, that guy had some, you know, had some guts, man, had some gumption, you know. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so moving moving right along, you know, to get really into the meat of the, the what we're talking about today is uh, is uh, it, really everything we're gonna be talking about today after this, you know, after this focuses on. Um, this uh, there's there's going to be this uh, this tour that this exhibition tour that Hagen is going to take with a guy named Joe Kirkwood, and so just a little background Joe Kirkwood we mentioned him in the uh, last episode because he was over at the British Open too. In fact, there's a photo of Hagen Kirkwood and um, a couple other guys coming back, a couple other legends coming back from the British Open that we threw in the last. Oh, there's four of them on a ship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Four yeah. of them on a ship. That's the last one we one of the last ep- things we showed last. Last show. In fact, I have another. I you know this is the one I missed. You put the wrong date on. I have an updated fo- uh, photo because this one there says 1922. It was after the 1921. I actually have an updated uh, photo of it for right. you. Um, actually, yeah. no, that's not the one that was messed up. It was the other one. Anyways, yeah. so this is a photo. Uh, Kirkwood is in that photo. Um, he is the guy in the very. Uh, where, where we got it? Hold on, let me see. Where's that image? The second one, Kirkwood. There he is. Yeah, the second guy in. Yeah. Second Barnes, guy from the left Kirkwood. is Joe Kirkwood, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So that's that's them. That's actually the, that's after the British Open. Hagen's got the British Open trophy, and they're headed back to America on the yeah. on the Cunard line. So that's the photo of them. So, anyways, uh, so Joe Kirkwood is an is an Australian golfer um, who Hagen had become friends with at a at a tournament at uh, uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina, uh, in 1921. So he he'd known Joe for a year. And so uh, Joe Kirkwood was the Australian Open champion. He's a New Zealand champ. He's like basically the, like one of the best, if not the best, golfer in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so he so he was famous. Joe Kirkwood was uh, for um, for for being a trick shot artist. Oh, and he and he developed this skill as a uh, from entertaining World War One veterans in Australia. So I, there's another quick quote I want to read. Um, yeah. If you want to cue up that video, I got to because we actually have a video. If you're watching here, um, if you can't see it, there's you just look up Joe Kirkwood trick shots, mm-hmm. and and there's a ton of videos. But this is like my favorite one because it mm-hmm. really shows the stuff we're gonna be mentioning here. Um, but uh, again, it's Joe Kirkwood. If you look it up on YouTube, there's a ton of stuff on All it. Right. So um, so anyway, so this is uh, this is what he talks about with Joe Kirkwood. So he so uh, okay so. Um, so, but th- so he talks about Joe Kirkwood's trick shot. But those trick shots of Joe's were not lucky shots. He had a golf ball trained. He began doing the trick shots to entertain the wounded and crippled Australian veterans of World War One. First, he showed those veterans how to hit the ball for varying distances. Then he sh- then he showed them fancy shots. As so um, so uh, I've seen him hit a ball as hard and as far with his putter. As with his driving iron, he could slice or hook a ball with any club, making it turn from left from left to right or from right to left. He'd play a full drive from the crystal of an open-faced watch or from the toe of a spectator's shoe. He would hold six balls all stymied in a row in rapid succession. He'd take a full shot at a ball and, without moving from his stance, would catch it as it popped up right in front of him. He could turn his face away and hit 12 balls in rapid succession, full shots. He'd play right-hand shots with a left-hand club and vice versa. It was all child's play to him. Every place we every place we toured, Joe's trick shots brought great bursts of applause from the galleries. Mm. So that's so so he's going with a trick shot artist who's also a phenomenal golfer. Yeah. Um, and so um, and so there's another little story that kind of Hagen goes on about mm-hmm. that that uh, before they left for this tour, Hagen had to had to talk to Joe Kirkwood and say, and "This is yeah." There's the, we have a picture up on the screen. This yep. is that this picture. 
this picture is literally as they're leaving for their for this tour. Oh, okay. So they're so they're headed out and they're um they're so this is this is that the, the prior the you know the tour photo, uh with Kirk with Joe Kirkwood on the right and Hagen to the left. So anyways, um, it's funny because Hagen actually has to set Joe Kirkwood down and say. Because hey, I guess uh, Joe Kirkwood was a bit of like kind of like a rube, at least to Hagen, because he's like wearing suspenders, and uh, what does he say? He said he's he's wearing suspenders and sleeve garters, which I don't even know. I, I can imagine what those are. With, okay. you know, I mean, the, the, the guy who's wearing Farrell's ice cream, they yeah, have them yeah, up yeah, on yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know why that was such a big deal for him to like not wear those. Yeah. You know, like why are we, like he's like he, yeah. Hagen actually says in the book. He goes, I had to sit him down and say. No, no more suspenders and no more sleeve garters. And he's like that. He goes, that was his first step into being the Bo Bremel of golf. Like he, like he actually like helped Joe Kirkwood like with his golf style because yep. I guess he was not really the most well dressed golfer. And he goes, like if you're rolling out with me, who's like the number one best dressed golfer out there, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like at least number two. You know, if you're not gonna be. <laughs> You're not gonna. I can't roll around with you wearing looking like that. <laughs> like that's what, so he's got this whole this like section where he talks about that. Um, so do we have that video queued up with Joe Kirkwood? I do. I do. We can't talk over once it starts. That's playing, fine. Playing. Okay. So what we're gonna see here? This is just a quick little like forty second video. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you can't, if you those that are just listening to the podcast, uh, what, is there audio on it? I don't think so. No. Okay. Fair no. Point. I think it's. I think it's a silent. All right. So we still can't talk. Bear, up. Well, we can talk, but people aren't going to hear it. <laughs> well, there's nothing. I don't think there's sound on it. All right, I'll there might play. be. Just hit it. Yeah. Let's All see right, what here happens. we go. There's a yeah. trick golf shots. All right. Uh, yeah. So he's so he's uh, looking at the camera as oh. he's hitting the golf balls the oh other direction. God, yeah. He just cleaned about five. Now he's, he's got four three clubs. three clubs and he hits three golf balls at the same time. That's this same. one he's hitting a ball off a guy's shoe. Yeah. Right off it, like it's nothing. This time he's got a he's there's a. So this guy's showing him this. It's on a girl's heel. Right, right. And this guy hit it with his ball. ball the here you can see, yep. it. driving it off a girl's off another shoe. This one he's got eight balls lined up on this guy in his knee, off his chest, off his face, off the top of his hat. God, Jeez. it shows you like, that guy is a that guy is you can just see the kind of stuff he was amazing doing. trick shots. There's, yeah, uh, again, if you're listening to the audio podcast, that was uh, one of the one of the episodes you need to go see to see the little clips. Yeah, if you look up Joe Kirkwood on YouTube, there's a ton of them. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's a bu- there's a bunch. I just like that one because it's a really quick little example mm-hmm. of the kind of stuff he that he used to do. Like, All right. So and I just thought it was great. But he was decent him. on the course. Oh, it was too. great. Yeah, he okay. played in the British Open with Hagen. I don't know what he finished, right. but he was. But he's yeah, he won the Australian Open. He won the New Zealand. I don't know. Like, he could make the cut. Hundred percent. He was. Right. He said Hagen even said he's a great golfer and he was a phenomenal trick shot artist too. Which is that's. But that's what would made. That's what made this tour so interesting for people, and that's what made this whole thing. You know, that we're, you know where we're going with this mm-hmm. is that this. So you've got Hagen, which is the best golfer in the world, uh, and then you've got Joe Kirkwood, who is a phenomenal golfer. But he's also a trick shot artist, mm. and so the way they kind of build it, so that so the so the tour, the way it was set up was, uh, they the, the, they would charge five hundred dollars for an appearance at a at a golf course, yeah. or so there there was their choice. It was their choice. They either got five hundred dollars for an appearance, or, or they could four keep, bottles of booze. Well, uh, no, I'm yeah, kidding. they, they right, could yeah, take yeah. it off their tab. I'm sure. Yeah. But, but uh, or they got to keep the gate receipts, so it was ah, their choice. Okay. It was their choice whether right. they whether they got five hundred bucks or gate whatever was more. Yeah, it was the gate receipts or the five hundred dollars. And Hagen even said a few times he said there was mo- many many times 
during this tour where they just kept the gate receipts and it was two to one. They were like wow. the gate receipts were twice. And gig, again, five hundred dollars in appearance just for one, for shooting a whole a game of golf on a course, and, or they kept you know double that money in the gate receipts. And again, keep that put in the context. He made three hundred fifty bucks. Three hundred fifty dollars was his payout for winning the nineteen twenty two British Open the yeah. championship. <clears throat> so what does that show about how big he is? Yeah, <clears throat> that he's making five hundred dollars in appearance or double that for you know just for playing a game of golf on a random course, and it was across the U.S. He you know with stops in Illinois, St. Louis, Louisville, Milwaukee, Detroit, uh, just all the way across the United yeah. States. They went everywhere, and so the, the kind of the, the the way that the whole thing went down was that Hagen was the straight man. You know, he was just like the world's greatest golfer. Whereas uh, Kirkwood was again um, this was, was the trick shot was the was the gag man you know he right. was like doing all the like these gag setups and and doing all kinds of weird stuff but um, and then they'd play like local dignitaries mm. and play against local like celebrities or mayors or whoever sure, you know yeah, and then they yeah. would you know Joe Kirkwood might drive his ball off the off the mayor's knee or something you know you can see how that'd be interesting yeah. and so um, so anyways but what's kind of interesting what the, the, was the con- was the contrast. Because as much as Hagen was the straight man, he was also like whenever there was any reporters around or there's any kind of media to be done, he was like the most flamboyant, talkative, given every interview you can possibly give, right. interacting with the crowds. Where, but at the same time, um, uh, Kirkwood was like silent, mm. like he never talked. He, uh, Hagen even said he said he had difficulty even getting a yes or a no out of him for mm. media attention. Like he was. Um, I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was just naturally quiet, or if he just didn't really like just doing like big public appearance type things. But but that was what that was the kind of the contrast was that he you know is Kirkwood was the gag man, but he was just didn't talk to anybody, you know. And then Hagen was the was the straight man, but he was like kind of you know like the mo of the Three Stooges, you yeah. know, like he's the big you know the leader and the talker and the but he's kind of the straight man where you got Curly running around, you know, that's <laughs> not really talking to anybody. Yeah. So, anyways, so that's the setup there. That's the, that's the setup for this, and uh, and so um, and so now that kind of leads us into this this story of the golf tee, and so the, so the story of the golf tee is actually pretty well known. I did a little kind of a quick Google search on yeah. it, and this story that you know there's there's an evolution. There's a bunch, there was a couple different people that came out with uh, with like versions of the golf tee because prior to Hagen, prior to this whole thing. Basically, what they there was a couple like kind of uh, evolutions of of like how they teed off, mm-hmm. and the first one was they were like they would just take they would have a bucket they would just have a bucket of sand and they would like the the groundskeeper would, like wet the sand and you just take a handful of sand out of the bucket and like mold it into whatever type of tee you wanted on the ground. Oh wow! And then other then there was another thing where you'd actually where there was like a cone like a cup you could like take a cup of the dirt and then like. You almost make like a sandcastle for you to tee off on. Yeah, you know, like set it up so you could like you know make your own. It's like a dirt tee, basically. Right. So they had like so there's like a couple different variations. So like that's the way golf was done. That's yeah. the way golf was done. Yeah. There was a couple people that had tried to do golf tees, but they were like expensive and kind of bulky. Looked like, you know, like almost looked like a stapler. One of them looked like a stapler almost okay. that you put a golf ball on, and like it just didn't go. And then there was another one that started out, but it was like it was just there was it wasn't like didn't have like the 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 divot in the top to like cradle the ball like this like the eventual golf tee did right um but so anyway so none of them really stuck um and but this so anyway so here's the story this is Hagen like all these different things online they all and they do credit Hagen for this tour for when this golf tee got huge right. but what's cool is is that this is the story of the golf tee from Hagen's own perspective oh, he's yeah. telling like how the story happened so this is 
this is you know Hagen in Hagen's own words how the uh, you know how the golf tee was got huge. So he actually said so that he begins for over 400 years golfers had had pinched a bit of sand into a suitable tee for their drives. If one did not use sand, he'd hit the earth with his club or kick up a small amount of turf for teeing the ball. There had been no artificial change in the practice since the game's origin. In 1920, Dr. William Lowell, a New Jersey dentist, a novice golfer with no great respect for the revered traditions of the, of the game, whittled out a little wooden peg on which to mount his ball for the drive. Playing companions ridiculed the idea, but his sons induced the doctor to patent the gadget and put it on the market. The little peg thus manufactured, painted red, was advertised to the golf world as the ready tee. Professional golfers dismissed it as silly and refused to accept the tees as gifts. Amateurs shrugged off their use, and even the ladies of the game looked down their pretty noses at Dr. Lowell's little invention. Probably nothing would have come of the of the tees had not Joe Kirkwood and I decided to use them as a sort of added attraction on our exhibition tour of 1922. That and the fact that the good doctor shelled out fifteen hundred dollars as a persuader. Uh. <laughs> so, so they got they they didn't do it for free. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So that uh, that I think that's all of that. So let me see here. Um. Oh, you're right here. So he says, Alex Smith told me sometime later, after Joe and I had used the tees in our matches at the Shenes Cosset Club in New New London, Connecticut, where he was pro, that he took more than 20 orders for those silly little tees. He said he put in a stock, but felt they were only a passing fad. Joe and I strutted around the courses with bright red tees stuck behind our behind our ears. At each tee, we used them and left them, and the kids scrambled onto the onto the course, grabbing them as souvenirs. They became so popular that the club officials found it necessary to rope off the driving tees and the fairways to control the gallery. This was the first time in the history of golf in the United States that the gallery control ropes were used. Uh, so the golf tees led to the control ropes that they used to keep the crowds back right, from, right, the, from, from the stopping so, on the from the from that whenever there's a tournament. That's like what led. He's like they'd never even use the ropes until they had golf tees, which were like the equivalent of like a baseball getting hit into the crowd. Yeah, and the uh, and we have the we have the ready tees up on the screen right now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this is like the original packaging with that little red tip, and it said "Ready T" on the actual bat, uh, butt of the butt of the thing. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, so, so that, so that, so they, you could, so this is what it's like, basically like a fan catching a baseball in a crowd, um, which was these. That's what these golf tees were, and it just beca- became huge. It just became huge for these, um, you know, for these fans. You know, like the kids would scramble on to, to grab the tee, and Hagen and them. He said we strut around the course with the with the. With the uh, I'd run. I'd run out there to try to grab one. I'd. I'd, I'd be. I'm if that, it was I'm Walter Hagen, I'm that kind of fan. That's thing. I'd go diving. Time. I'd go diving for the board. Sure. Well, yeah, me too. They. Um. I mean, like I say, but that's. But that's. But that. What's interesting is like this is this this tournament was so big. You want to bring that picture? On so we can see. Oh yeah. Um. So you know that's what that's what's kind of interesting about this uh, about this tournament that they're about this exhibition tour is it was so such a big deal it launched this into into orbit. I was reading an article on a website called uh, GolfBallFactory.com. I'm not sure how you know the pure accuracy of it, um, but he says that it, that the, the, this year these ready tees sold like a hundred thousand dollars in sales. I mean this 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 is what this tee went this tee concept went into orbit. You know, and it's like everybody started doing it because Hagen was doing it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of brings up a couple little interesting points here, where especially since Hagen at the very beginning says 
everybody thought it was they were ridiculous. Yeah. Nobody, no pros wanted to use them. Amherst was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And now, if, in the, in now the modern Walt's day, it up. but like here's yeah, Walt's teeing it up. Everybody, that's the biggest craze. Oh yeah, you would you won't you won't see a person not using a team. That's what I'm saying. Today, it's a super oddity if someone isn't for some reason. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. From so now it's a complete flip. So if somebody from the pat, you know, if somebody goes up and, and doesn't use a team, wants to ball up some dirt, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's what's so. That's one of the things that's so interesting from this story is he's saying everybody thought it's ridiculous. Like there's a lesson to be learned in this. You see, mm-hmm. there's a lesson to be learned as far as like keeping an open mind. Hagen did it, of course, for the 1500. But the but this guy's walking around and people, you know, the golf tee, they're going, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, like if you're talking like a motivation story, you know, yeah. this guy's a great example. He's like. You know, he's like, I just invented this tee, this golf tee, uh, you know, and they're like, that's so, we use dirt. We don't use a tee. Yeah. And now it's completely reversed. So that's like, um, you know, it's just it's just interesting how there's that, how that, I mean, it's almost like a lesson to be learned, which is like, judge something by its actual utility, right. you know, not by, it's just by the fact that just because nobody, you know, there's a, there's a saying say, that says, uh the most dangerous words in the English language are that's the way it's always been done. That's the most, the most dangerous words in the English language. That's, all, that's the way it's always been done. We've always used dirt on a, in a cone, or we've always scooped a fistful of mud out of the pot sure, ball, yeah, in a yeah. bucket and, and fo- formed our own golf tee. That's all the way it's always been done. We don't want to use that stupid golf. You know, like, there's right. something to be, to be learned from that. So. Yeah, there is. I uh, just uh, get an education flashbacks when you say things like that. Oh, really? Where'd you, where have you heard that? That's just how we do it. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not good. Not good. Not good. When they say the most dangerous English, those are the most dangerous words in English science because that's, yeah. that's the thing is they're like, oh, well, we'd never do it like that before. And it's like, well, why don't you try doing it? And it's, and, it's, and what's funny is is that, you know, especially like I got my own, you know, this it's really this, the entire city of champions thing. Like that play, that goes right down my alley and it's – um. Of you know of particular interest to me that concept because again the city of champions story we got the greatest season in the history of American sport yeah and there's you know what coverage is there ever what there's you know besides us putting the stuff out there there's nothing out there nobody talks you know it's just seventy fifth anniversary hundredth anniversary you know whatever it is you know it's just I mean it's there's none of the name players names are hanging from the walls not none of them are retired nobody you know there's just no discussion anywhere on it and it's like. And so it's you know it's that's 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 this it's that concept that I've been going against you know I have this baseball analytics discovery trying to bring this out and that's that's that it's that concept that I've been fighting so you know for for my my that's what my entire career is it, you know is based on trying to overcome that concept so you know it just it, for me in particular it, it's you know it, it's uh it, that that concept resonates massively because it's like that's what I have I'm like you know, hey, we got the greatest season ever. We should talk about this. And they're like, well, no, we've already, we've never talked about that story before. We, why would we start talking about, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. Or, right. you know, hey, I've got this analytics thing, a new way to do baseball, a new way to build baseball teams. And they're like, no, well, that's not the way we've all, we've done things in the past, you know. And it's just, that's, that, you know, that's, so that, it, that concept, it just, so as small as of a subject it is with the golf tee, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, it's the golf tee. It's a cute little story. But for me, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it, like I say, it's just uh, it's something that's worth you know worth noting because um, that's a guy that broke through. <laughs> you know, right. That's a guy yeah. that was get broke through that goes, yeah, it might it looks stupid, but it's great, you know. And then Hagen's doing it. He finds he found he found his way through, which was to get Hagen to to, to use him on his tour. 
and you know the thing cha- you know changed the world. You know it's a whole different world now. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, it was a good fifteen hundred dollar bet there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so that's that's pretty much. I got I've got one I've got one more the story. So th- that's pretty much it. I just want to talk about this tour they're on the kind of sure. the d- development of the golf tee. Yeah, and uh, I also wanted there's one little last story, and this is this is kind of a funny story from this is actually from down the road. It's 1929 with Hagen because okay. there was a they, Hagen and Joe Kirk had went on another tournament. They went on another exhibition run, and it's just kind of funny because it it, it, was, it was something we were actually talking about at the beginning of the show, and it kind of. Um, it's just kind of funny because it it tie, it shows who another example like who Hagen was, wow. and I don't know if we'd ever get back to the story once we get to this point in Hagen's life. You know, All right, well, let's get to it. So anyway, so it's, it's actually a quote. It's just easier to read it than to describe it. Right. So um, in 1929, Joe and I met in Los Angeles to get our reservations for the first leg of a six months tour of Australia and Japan. Joe was always a penurious soul. He kept account of every dime he made, and most of the coins stayed close to him. I had been living pretty well, not participating too much in golf tournaments. Consequently, I was short of cash, and I put the bite on Joe for a thousand dollars. So he bought. He's Hagen. He runs out of dough. I would gladly pay you Thursday <laughs> yeah. for a hamburger today. In this case, he's looking for the grand. So he's yeah. like, I was short on cash, and he hey, hey, Joe, you know, I'm good for. It. We're gonna go on an exhibition. Hey. We get a thousand bucks, right? So he let me have it after some argument, and with the understanding it would purchase my my steamship ticket because they're yep. trying to get to, us, to Australia and Japan. <laughs> For the six-month tour. So so, uh, so my intentions were good. I usually just had a chance to squeeze money for luck before going out and rounding up another batch. So <laughs> I just love that line. I usually had a chance to squeeze money for luck before going out and rounding up another batch. Like, just to give it a hug before it left me. <laughs> like, it just had enough time to touch it, and then yeah, it yeah. left. So he said, this time was no exception. A beautiful diamond bracelet for a very lovely girl. A boing vi... Bon Voyage gift. Why did I say that right? Come on. I'm going to start over. A beautiful diamond bracelet for a lovely girl, a Bon Voyage gift, interfered with my passage reservation. I admitted to Joe that the the money was no longer with me, and he unbuttoned his pocket once more and paid my way. So the thousand Joe Kirkwood gave him to pay for his ticket. I'm going to buy a ticket or maybe a bracelet for this hottie. (laughs) (laughs) He got it. So he blew the whole thousand Ah. on that bracelet. For this girl, and she was getting on the same ship as he was. This bon voyage uh, gift. Did you hear he said? Yeah. He goes, before going out, and so he said, this time was no exception. A beautiful diamond bracelet for a lovely, very lovely girl. A bon voyage gift. Be interfered with my passage. Re- giving her this gift interfered with his passage reservation because he blew his money on it. It's the- <laughs> He goes, I told Joe. Joe. I I don't have that money anymore. And then, but what's funny is is the next bit where he Joe finally says, "When the girl proudly showed Joe the sparklers on uh, on her arm, <laughs> his eyes really popped. He got the idea immediately. We steamed on for Honolulu with all our funds in Joe's possession. He kept books and held on to most of the cash for the entire tour." <laughs> Hagen gave this girl a friggin' di- diamond bracelet before he did, but it was all of his dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave, you can make a movie on this guy, man. Oh, he's yeah. the greatest character. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's, he, but the thing is, he was short on cash already. And he had the money he gave away was the money he borrowed, and Joe had already yelled at him. He even said, I had been living pretty well, not participating too much in the golf tournaments. Consequently, I was short of cash, and I put the bite on Joe for $1,000. He let me have it after some argument. 
and with the understanding would purchase my steam certificate. So he was Joe was saying, "What are you doing? You're screwing up. You're not doing right." Yeah. And this, and I'm getting give you the styles, but only so you can get to Australia. Right. So that's it, right? Yeah. That's the only reason I'm giving you a thousand. You hear me? You, 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 we'll and the probably, next thing, I'll probably make more money with you there. So, exactly. All right. I need you there for the, to make a bunch of money, and I know I'm going to get paid back because we make a bunch of money every time we do these exhibitions. But Hagen, but Hagen takes that grand and go, and he's like, "Oh, totally, Joe, hundred percent. I wouldn't spend that that's money. Right. I wouldn't spend that thousand on anything but that that boat ticket. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then <laughs> hey, we see that dame I was talking to. Yeah, she's what she goes. Hey, Joe, look at this bracelet oh Walter bought me and he's going oh my god Hagen you're such a jerk man uh, and he's like but and Hagen didn't even have a ticket he had to borrow money from him again yeah. to get a to actually get the ticket so I, I had to throw that in that Perfect. guy it's yeah he's a that he Hagen is just um he's just freaking awesome man like I said you could like it, it, it just this his story is it'd be such a great film with this guy in yeah. it yeah well, he's part of the screenplay, isn't he? Not, I mean, he just makes a brief appearance. Oh, but okay. I really focus the screenplay on the the the, the, the three teams and Joe Lewis, just right, because right, I right, right. honestly I wanted to lock the bulk of the story down for um, just the copyright of the idea. Sure, sure. So if it's already written out in a screenplay form, if somebody tries to walk in and take my take the ideas, yeah. you know, I've kind of like copyrighted the entire thing. Yeah. So. Um, but it can easily be expanded, especially to involve some of these, you know, some of these, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I would love it. That's what oh, I'm you know what you recommended to me was the uh, Outlander. Yeah, crazy watching that. Oh, you been watching it? Yeah, yeah. Good man. No, we're drinking the. the and, I got this whiskey from my mom. This. And, uh, yeah. This uh, what was it called the Assassinac whiskey, yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. name of the girl in Outlander. She got it from me because she loves that show too. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's the one that recommended it to me. So, no, it's a great show. I love The Outlander. It's a, it's a good story. You got some naughty bits in it. Totally uh, naughty. It's yeah. like softcore porn at some <laughs> spots. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And the fact that my mom recommended it to me, yeah. I'm like, wow, what are you watching? This uh, is bad. Some of this stuff is bad. Real bad. It's probably like Joe on his steamships. Yeah, like like yeah, like Hagen. Hagen, yeah, Hagen on the steam, on a Cunard line. Yeah. Cause he met up with that other that um the those the sisters in that one trip the one trip over he was taking he met mm-hmm. up with uh, the actress yeah with the actress mm-hmm. bow, the Talmadge bam, yeah the Talmadge one of the uh, Constance Talmadge Connie Talmadge from the yeah. Talmadge sisters yeah. and he's like ah he's like man that trip was awesome the trip over I got to meet Connie Talmadge you know he, he's like he, Hagen is a is a freaking player, man. Yeah. He buys a girl a, a diamond bracelet. A thousand dollar diamond bracelet. Yeah. And that in today's that is money. That's a, that's 1922 money. Mm-hmm. That's like a lot. Yeah. Six, nine, ten grand. I mean, a thousand today is a lot. Yeah. You know, you're just going to give some girl you met at the dock who's getting on the same ship as you, you're going to buy her a bracelet, a thousand dollars. And this is, that's <laughs> even today's money. If it was a thousand dollars today, yeah. you'd be like, what are you doing? That's He's no. Hagen's like, you know, I'm just doing my thing. You know, I'm yeah. trying to get ready for the tournament. That's yeah. what I do. Like, I'm trying That's to get ready do. for the exhibitions. So it's anyways, it's just, uh, no, like, yeah, I, I just, I love Hagen, man. Like, the more you dive into him, too, you're just like, um, you, this is, it's, he, it's just, yeah. So, so this is that, this is this, you know, this is the golf tees invented. The, the restraining ropes are for the gallery are invented. You know, it's like. Um, it's just another day. Just another, it's another year day for, for Walt. Yeah, yeah it's just another day. You know, innovating golf and changing the, <laughs> making the shape and the the way that we view golf to this very day. Just another year for him. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're going to continue on uh, the next time. We'll uh, more of Walter's story as as we move towards Ryder Cups and uh, we'll be getting to all of it. Yeah, a little bit more Detroit stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I'm, All I'm, the I'm, Oakland Hills parties going on. Sh- yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there's. I don't. I'm not sure what we're gonna be talking about next week, but. Um, They're I mean, on the way. It's yeah, all on the it's way. It's all on the way. It's up and coming. And so stick around. Thanks you. Thanks you. Thank you for uh, joining us and, and being part of the party. Liking, subscribing, leaving comments, all those podcast things and all yeah. the podcast Sharing places. it. Uh, appreciate it. Chris, uh, thanks for um, designing up those shirts and getting them up there on wearingfunny.com. Yeah, we, we love them. And uh, I'm going to wear my uh, my second. I, got a, I bought a second version. I'll wear the other one next week. And uh, we'll do this again next time, and we'll do it with you. Thanks for being there. It's uh, Detroit City of Champions.